It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Now, to end this year out, I told y'all I was going to bring you as many guests as I could. And, and uh, as always, we've got my main man, Snitty, in the building. We've got to talk this cancellation because according to the NNO's uh, most recent article on the situation, this thing is is much worse than we thought cost-wise. I flatly could not believe that. We've got to talk about the four-game skid that the men's basketball team is on, how the women's basketball team is looking, and, and has 2021 been a really good year for NC State sports? Or has it been a really snake-bitten year? I think we'll discuss all that and more. Uh, what do you think about that episode, Snake? Yeah, sounds good to me. Happy to be here as always. Excellent. Before we get into that, how were your holidays? Did you get nice stuff for Christmas? Did you Did you get really yeah. nice things? I did. It was It was a good Christmas. I uh, I can't complain for sure. Hmm. If you got an Xbox uh, Series X, don't tell me because then I got to come rob you. But um, <laughs> the the fact of the matter is. My family has deceived me. They've hoodwinked and bamboozled me because they told me, or they told me and all my brothers and sisters, when you all become adults, we're still going to get you gifts up until you have kids. And then your kids get presents in lieu of you getting them. Here I am, 26 years old with no kids. And everybody's like, oh, no, we just said that. You, you, we just said that to discourage y'all from having kids. We, we were never going to get you gifts as an adult. And I'm thinking to myself, I could use it now more than when I was a child, but... That's another story for another time. So, Snitty, the cancellation of this bowl game has, again, according to, uh, according to, I believe his name is Andrew Carter. Yes, according to Andrew Carter yep. of uh, the NNO, has cost NC State, as well as its coaches, nearly $3.5 million. It, what do you think about this cancellation? And does, do those figures change your mind at all? on where you originally stood on this thing. I mean the I mean the figures don't I mean the whole thing just sucks if you're NC State. I mean you you have NC State that truly did nothing wrong. Um was there for weeks. I mean not not to mention the money side, but you know this is brought up too. I mean these these coaches and players gave up Christmas with their families to be in San Diego preparing for this bowl game. Um that that never got played. I mean they were there they were ready to go. They, you know, it would have been the second time with 10, 10 wins or more in school history. It would have been, I believe, the first time with exactly 10 wins in school history. Um, you know, like you mentioned, you lose out on the potential. Because let's get this straight. I think if this game had been played, I mean, especially if UCLA would have tried to play it with their issues. But even if UCLA had no COVID issues, I think NC State was going to win this game. Right. Um, they were. They would have gotten a 10th win. There would have been some big bonus pool 
um, raises for the coaches for getting the 10th win. And, yeah, I mean, it sucks because there were four hours before kickoff. Now, look, I don't blame UCLA for having a COVID outbreak. I mean, look around the country right now. I mean, um, this new variant, everybody is getting it. Everybody. I mean, I I thought I had it earlier this week, but I tested negative. Um, But the fact of the matter is, you know, from what we heard from Dave Doran and NC State, up until, you know, really when the game was canceled four hours before kickoff, NC State had no clue that UCLA's issues were of the magnitude that they were. And had had they had, you know, an idea days before of, hey, it's possible this is going to be an issue. Maybe they could have had a plan B in place and a potential replacement opponent lined up. As it was, of course, on that short of notice, you can't find a team um, you know, to play against right then. You can't just keep NC State in San Diego indefinitely. And like Dave Doran said, you're not going to just schedule a game and play it two days later when you don't have time to, like, you know, prepare your quarterback for the blitzes that he's going to see, prepare your defense for the protections that they're going to see and the coverage there's, they're going to need to run. And you, I mean, you, you know, better than anybody, there's a lot that goes into preparing for an opponent that you really never play against um, during the regular season. So it, it just, you know, I think Dave Doran said it well that it was not handled well on UCLA's end. And I think NC State is very justified in feeling angry and feeling cheated in this whole situation. I really do. You know, after after looking back at this thing and, and, and seeing what I know now, even before I thought to myself, there's reason for anger. After reading this after reading this information about this, what how much the the damages and costs that they're going to incur are. I am proud of this team for not saying, hey, meet us in the parking lot real quick. Come outside. We're not going to put no hands on you. I'm lying. We finna whoop the wheels off these boys. Because <laughs> that, to me, in my mind, I thought I thought the same way that you did. Me, we both talked about this on air that we thought that the Bulls would pay out. No, that is not the case. ECU has had to start the um, – let me make sure I got the name of this thing right – the Military Bowl Fund, which is That's helping right. them recoup uh, money lost from traveling to to assist the athletic department with expenses incurred from the cancellation of the 2021 Military Bowl. The payout from this bowl game was supposed to be $3.2 million. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that, that right there would have changed my whole outlook on this because me and Sam Conan of... Um, of Sports Illustrated All Bruins yesterday, we talked about the fact that, and, and we both agree, UCLA lacked transparency, and they did not announce publicly what was going on. There were local journalists that were on the beat. They were doing their jobs. They reported, hey, this player's going to be out. This player's going to be out. But that's a local reporter. When teams come into town for a bowl game, your eyes are not on what the local reporter is saying. That's just the reality. You're here for a business trip. Nine times out of ten, if somebody's reading what local reporters are talking about, it's probably for leisure. Probably because you're in the doctor's office waiting to get examined, something like that. Most people just don't, hmm, let's see what uh, the local L.A. writers are talking about today. That's just not the reality. So, yeah. the way that this thing came down to shoot, man, I, whew, 
3.2 million? And then Dorn losing out on 100? And then the, the assistant coaches losing out on another 100? Oh, man. Man, that's, that is, to me, this is a situation that, and I said this yesterday and I'll say it again today, this is a lot like when your parents tell you, just tell us the truth up front. We can handle whatever up front, but when you try to cover it up, it's going to get worse. And that's what happened here. Because we've seen other bowl games <coughs> get replacement teams. Rutgers is playing against yep. Wake Forest. Why? Not because <coughs> Rutgers is a six-win team. Not because they had anything that qualified them to be there besides APR. That's why they're there. Highest graduation rate because another team could not go. And in this situation, nobody was told. And I'll tell you what. I, I know. You're right. I do know how much preparation goes into a football game. I do not know how much preparation goes into, hey, if this tight end goes in this motion, uh, this is where their steps look like if they're going split to block and kick the DN out. This is what it looks like when they're going rock back across the formation in order to hit the flat. These are the, the nuances of this. This is what the quarterback's footwork looks like here. This is how this receiver releases here. This guard has high hands, low hands, whatever the case may be. I understand how much preparation goes into the game. But not only when you're talking about this type of money, when you're talking about this type of pride in your program, second 10-win season in program history was on the line. Second in program history. And they didn't even get a shot at it. I know that playing the game on a short notice is not fun. It's not something that you want to do. But if it comes down to it, and everything that was on the line for this team, if that was available, I'm sure they would have did it. I'm sure they would have oh, did yeah. it. Well, and I think it. I think the whole bottom line here is that if UCLA had given them more of a heads up and more time, maybe they could have done it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And this it's 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 really a sad commentary. It's really a terrible way to end this season uh, with everything that's happened this season. With I'm sorry to say this, but outside of the Miami game, everything about this season was a little magical. Everything about this season felt a little special. Even the loss to Wake Forest. Everything was a little special. Not so much the loss to Mississippi State. So I guess those two losses would be the one, the two moments that are like, man. But everything else about this season just felt special. And this is how it ends. You know, it's it that is that's so tough. That's so tough. You you're looking at a situation where Last game of the regular season, we pull off one of the greatest comebacks in the history of this rivalry, in the history of this rivalry. One of the greatest game endings. And, of course, it would be the career reception leader with two back-to-back touchdowns in a Mecca Mezzi. Of course it would be that to, to get us over the hump here. And now we're in a place where Another thing that told me how much this game meant to everybody, Ick had no reason to play. I didn't hear anything about him opting out. Bam, no reason to play. Didn't see anything about him opting out. Ricky yep. Persons already announced he was going to the draft. Didn't see anything about him opting out. Ricky Person announced he was going to the draft like two COVID variants ago and he didn't opt out. So Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's, it's flatly a shame. Flatly ashamed to see things go down this way and, and 
When we come back, we'll talk about how the season was overall and what the season and review looks like. But we're going to have to see this thing with a clear eye view, the same way that you want to see your business's growth. Imagine if you had a putt to win a tournament, and if you sink it, the championship's yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is that how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture? Well, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud finance system to power your growth with visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For New Year, NetSuite has a special new financing program for those ready to upgrade their uh, upgrade at NetSuite.com slash lock. Again, head to NetSuite.com slash lock for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash lock. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So, Snitty, with everything that we saw this season, okay, and I'm talking all the way from game one up to right now. Oh, and by the way, fun fact about uh, this UCLA team, because I, I think when you say, oh, I believe that we were going to win, right, a lot of people would say, oh, well, you just think that because you're an NC State fan. Here's a really fun fact about UCLA. They won eight games, right? Guess how many they won against winning teams? None. At least. So is L- they beat LSU. LSU is six LSU and six. Is six and six. Okay. So if they lose this bowl game, it'll be none. So I guess we'll give them point five. I guess we'll give them point five. Every other team that they beat, it literally was like, hey, this team is pretty bad this year. They are pretty terrible. And I mean all of them. From USC, who congratulations Cliff Kingsbury, because he's going to run that conference for a little while. But from, I mean, you name it. They haven't played a. Uh, they haven't beat a winning team uh, all year. The best that they've beaten is a six and six LSU. So there, there's very much so. You have some some very valid points in believing uh, that we were going to beat that team. But now moving on from there, how would you rate this? How would you rate this season overall? If you had to give this NC State team a grade on this season, what would you give it? Um, B plus. I mean. You know, it's a little disappointing because, you know, there's a little disappointment because you had the chance uh, to win the Atlantic with that win at Wake and you didn't do it. But you know what? Wake was good. Wake Wake had a really good season. That game was on their home field. Wake Forest earned that Atlantic Division Championship. But, I mean, if you look at NC State, um, you know, you look at the really convincing wins over Florida State and Louisville. Obviously, the miracle finish against UNC. Um Finally beating Clemson, which I think is one of the – it's still – I'm still calling that um, 
the biggest win for Dave Doran, hands down, a huge moment for this program. You you heard the relief in finally getting over that hump from Dave Doran. And you know what? Clemson was not below was not at their usual Clemson standard. They were still a good team. They mm-hmm. won ten games. They lost to Georgia, who was playing in the college football playoff today. Mm-hmm. Pitt, who won the ACC, mm-hmm. and NC State, who was right there and above them in the Atlantic Division. So no, I, I mean, I think there was a lot of good things accomplished this year. I mean, I, I you know I think it, you're continu- it's continuing on the trend of you know establishing this as a program of like hey, we're going to be right there. Most years, you know, we're going to win eight or nine games. We're, we're going to give ourselves a chance to win ten. We're going to give ourselves a chance to compete for the ACC. They did that. The You know, the balls didn't bounce their way this year, especially with as good as Wake was. But I think, it. you know, you, you're continuing to set that foundation for your program. And when you look, and I know I'm sure you want to talk about this, but look at all the guys who are coming back next year. They're going to give themselves, themselves a chance to be right there again and I think for a program like NC State football, that's really all you can ask for. That receiving core is going to be so good next year. It is like people are like, oh, we're not going to have much coming back in the terms of the backfield. Don't care. Go empty. Figure it out. Because we they don't have, run the ball any. They don't run the ball anyway. We have that many good receivers coming back next year. And I know I, <laughs> Wolfpack Nation. I know y'all are tired of me saying this, but I'm gonna say it again anyway. He lets me down every year, but this year I believe it's going to be different. Devin Carter is primed to break out. I'm going to say it again. He's primed to break out. Y'all don't understand how many times I've seen receivers like Devin Carter who do most things very well, but they just have bad concentration drops. And then one day it clicks and they don't do it anymore. And then all of a sudden they become like top five or ten in the nation in almost every statistical category. He has that type of pedigree, a big body guy that can take the top off the defense. Anthony Smith, a guy that I've been extremely high on. Every time you see him on the field, on special teams, he was donning punts inside the 10, inside the 5. On offense, he regularly took the top off of defenses in very limited uh, time on the field. Thayer Thomas, oh, reliable. You know that Thayer Thomas is going to be where he's supposed to be. You know that he's going to make a couple catches that he shouldn't. He's going to find a way to get himself open. You know that about Thayer Thomas. Chris Tootle came on late, figured it out late. Trent Penix, an absolute revelation down the stretch. Jay Sam. Jay Sam. And you know what? I'll say this. I don't know if he is as good at breaking tackles as Jay Sam is. I think he's a little bigger, a little faster. Straight line. Yeah. I think he's a, I think we can all agree to that. So, when you look at all of the weapons that this team is bringing back, and even if you are talking about out of the backfield, I think Jordan Houston is as good, if not better, a receiver than both of the guys we're losing coming out of the backfield. Jordan Houston started this season lining up in the slot a lot. And then we haven't even mentioned Porter Rooks. We haven't even mentioned Keon Lassane. We haven't even mentioned some of the guys that have shown ability that were big-time performers this year. I mean, if you look at this team and you look at what they're bringing back as far as that passing game goes, like you said, we don't we we really aren't as obsessed with running the ball as we like to pretend we are. Okay, that's just the reality there. But with that being said, if we're talking about well, what are we as a team? What do we do? 
uh, what do we do well as a, a team as far as or who are we going to throw the ball to next year? It's very clear you have multiple options. You have yeah. multiple guys that you can look at and say, yeah, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll find, we'll find somebody. We'll find a way. Because, again, this team, if we're looking at all of our guys in the passing game, in the rushing game, all that good stuff, in the receiving game, we're looking at everybody except our number one receiver coming back. They're, uh, if we're looking at uh, numbers of receptions, Thayer's coming back, Devin Carter's coming back, Ricky Persons is not, Porter Brooks is coming back, Dan Knight is not, Tootle, Penix coming back, Riley is not, Lesane, Parham, Anthony Smith, Jordan Houston, all these guys coming back. So, I mean, it's, it's there. It's there for this team to be really, really good at throwing the ball next year. And I told everybody before the season last year that, hey, Devin Leary, if you parse out his numbers over a full season, he's going to break records at NC State next year. And people didn't believe me. And voila, I love telling you all when I'm right. <laughs> and here we are again. So with that being said, I think this team will be just fine. I think they'll figure out some options in the backfield. That back out of J.H. Rose looks pretty good. I'm sure that Jordan Houston will take the next step as a Or I'm hoping. Let me not say I'm sure. I'm hoping Jordan Houston takes the next step as a runner next year. Uh, Delbert Mims and company should be, again, in thunder strength Demi, condition. Oh, go ahead. Demi Sumo is somebody that the, I think the coaching staff likes a lot. Exactly. And all of those guys being in thunder strength and conditioning program for another year coming back, I think that we'll, we'll, be, we'll be good enough in the running game. Losing a tackle like Big It means a lot. That guy is, according to some people, the second best tackle, the best interior guy. Just that versatility alone tells you how good Ick is. Losing a guy like that, you don't replace him one for one. You replace him by your entire offensive line getting better, getting older, getting more mature, figuring out how to do things the right way. So that's that's what we got going there. And now to talk about something that's a little less promising, something that gets me a little less giddy and happy. Our basketball team is currently on a four-game losing streak, men's basketball. How yeah. do we get out of it, Schnitty? What do we do? Well, it, it's tough. You know, I, I think even with Manny Bates, this was going to be an uphill battle for NC State this year. Um, and they, I mean, they've gotten some good minutes from guys like Ebenezer Duana, who I think his development's been really impressive, and Ernest Ross. But it's just it's not a very experienced team. It's not a very deep team. It's not a very talented team. Um, you know, you know they're going to fight. They're going to compete. The frustrating thing is, I mean, you, you look at this team – the inability to finish games, they could be sitting here looking a lot different right now. I mean, they they should have beaten Purdue. They should they could have finished. They couldn't close out against Louisville or Miami. They could be two and zero in the ACC. So it's my my thing is like it's frustrating because they've shown an ability to be in these games and just not finish them. And I mean, they've got some pieces. Um, Darion Sebron is playing incredible basketball for this team. I mean, the development that he has shown since the first half of last season from the way he finished last season to now has been fun to watch. Um, Kirkwavion Smith, that 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 right there was a good get for Mr. Kevin Keats. That 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 kid can hoop. He um, he is a shooter. He is not afraid of anything, and I think he his development's going to be fun to watch. So. My recommendation for NC State men's basketball fans this year is this: Look, this is this is not 
clearly this is obviously, I mean, obviously, I think we can even already say at this point, this is not an NCAA tournament team. I don't know that this is going to be a particularly good team in losses. The thing I think you need to take your enjoyment from this year is watching how this team fights and competes. And now there's been some duds in that regard, like the loss to Wright State. Um, Not that I'm saying they didn't try, but... um, And the development of these young guys into the future of the program, especially now that Kevin Keats and his staff have the ability and the freedom to operate a basketball program without the cloud of the NCAA investigation that's been hanging over them for the entire time they've been here. Um, So, I mean, that would just be my thoughts on, on, you know, how I'm not telling anybody how to be a fan, but you're probably going to get more enjoyment out of this men's basketball season if you do what I just said than if you just focus on the wins and losses. But you know what, though? I think we all agree coming into the season, the one thing we could not afford was Manny Bates constantly being in foul trouble or constantly being hurt. Congratulations, the latter of the two happened. He's done for the year after like four minutes on the court. After, So the reality yeah. is... The reality is we knew that that was going to be a problem. The only thing that is surprising to me is that we are small and bad at shooting free throws and from deep. That is confusing to me. I don't know how that happens. I I genuinely don't understand. If we're going to lose the rebounding battle most nights and we're going to accept that, how are we still not good at shooting threes or free throws? That, to me, is, is a much more perplexing thing than the fact that, I mean, we knew from last year. This team had problems keeping folks in front of them. We figured, hey, we'll be better at that this year. And also, we've got one of the best shot blockers in the country. Not so fast, my friend. So, I mean, I, I think that this team has to has to figure it out. Uh, but like you said, I don't think that anybody should be believing that this is a 20-25 win team. Don't delude yourselves in that way. Just watch it for the enjoyment. Uh, hope that this team fights and instills good habits in the young guys. Because at the end of the day, Terquavion Smith is going to shoot us into some games. He's going to shoot us out of some. Um, but at the end of the day, we just hope that this team continues to fight and get better and does the little things better. Because our that loss to Richmond, Terquavion Smith shot 9 of 10 for the free throw line. The rest of the team was 50%. We can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was – that was you, – you can – there's – but, like, losing a game – Solely because you couldn't make free throws. That that can never happen. Exactly. That's that's not something. Again, from a team that is playing small ball, that should never be the case. Even if you're a team that's like, yeah, our three could probably be a five in some systems. Even if you're that team, you shouldn't be losing in that way. But a team that's like, yeah, so we're gonna play Jericho Helms at the five some games. Um, you need to be able to knock down the freebies, but. Enough of that. We'll get to something that that makes us a little more happy and a little bit more upbeat and talking about our women's basketball team in just a second. I'm betting on them having a pretty great season this year. And if you're a better, go to betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bowl season and the playoffs, even though some people's bowls get halted. But that's another story for another time. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website. And sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers today. Bet online where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So, Snitty, before we get out of here, the women's basketball team continues their domination, and they continue uh, to do what we expected them to do there are only two losses on the season so far. One came to a number one South Carolina who just suffered their loss. The other came to Georgia on a very controversial no call down the stretch uh, and an 80 to 82 loss in overtime to them. But since then, uh, they have beat Virginia by 17, 82 to 55, and they beat Clemson 79 to 52. They have a, a matchup against our uh, our rivals, the the girls in baby blue from down the street, and I believe that they're ranked number twenty four, or they just were. I don't in, know. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if they're yeah. out or not, but yeah. So, what do you see going on with that game and going forward for the rest of the season? What is the outlook for this women's basketball team? I mean, I think the sky is the limit for this team. I mean, you look at a team that you know we looked at coming into la- from last season that. Um, had pretty much everybody important back and added two five-star transfers. UNC is number 24, by the way. And okay. um, Diamond Johnson and Madison Hayes. Madison has played a little more sparingly. Diamond has been, I think, everything you could hope for as an addition to this team. I mean, she, she's just a bucket. She can shoot, um, which is a great addition in Westmore's system that is predicated on teams collapsing on Elisa Kunain in the post and kicking it out for open shots. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I think you look at this team, they can compete with everybody in the country. I mean, you look at their non-conference, they played four teams that were in the top 20. They went two and two. They destroyed Maryland in the Bahamas. I think Maryland was missing some people in that game, but still they got their revenge against Indiana on the road. Um, they lost to South Carolina, but that's a South Carolina team that, like you said, just lost its first game, has been dominant, and they were, you know, they were in that game despite not having Kayla Jones, not, well, having Kayla Jones limited, not having Jada Boyd, and not shooting the ball well. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I think you have to view NC State as one of those top teams in the country as a Final Four contender. Um you know, when you're when you're talking about that short list of teams that could win the national championship this year in women's basketball, I think um, NC State's got to be in it. And I think that that non-conference schedule is important because, I mean, I think there 
like there's some good teams in the ACC. Like I think UNC is pretty good. That'll be a tough game for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisville is good, not quite at the level they were last year, but I think those non-conference games are going to be really important um, for getting NC State ready. But I think like this team should win the ACC regular season in the ACC tournament. There's not, in my mind, there's simply not another team of NC State's caliber um, last in the ACC this year. Last year, you kind of had NC State and Louisville neck and neck at the top. Right. I don't see another team on that level this year. The very interesting thing about this team to me, they have they have six players. I'm sorry, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Averaging seven or more points a game. Okay? And that, or six or more, rather. That type of depth is what helps teams throughout the tournament. And also, Alyssa Kudain's scoring is down from last year. But her ability to turn it on and show people, hey, um, no, I'm an All-American for a reason, has been, has been pretty good. She has not played at that level all the time, but I don't even think that the lack of production is so much from her not playing at a high level as it is there. there's only one ball, and there's a bunch of really good scores. I mean, in that yep. Georgia game, she came out early after those couple of fouls. When she came back in the second half, she said, oh, don't worry about it. Y'all don't know which way to go. I'll make it easy. Follow me. Get on my back. I'll, I'll show y'all. I'll set the example. Y'all just follow what I do. And she got us back in that game virtually single-handedly in the start of that third quarter. So to see that we have a leader, the the for for lack of a better term, the alpha of the group, like Alyssa, and then we've got a six-player, a spark plug off the bench in a Diamond Johnson, and then we've got the steadying hand, the point guard who wants to pass more than they shoot, even though she should be shooting more, in Reina Perez. Even though we've got a, a scorer who can score at all three levels, like a Jakia Brown-Turner. We've got a, a, a player who is a former sixth player of the year in um, Jada Boyd. We've got a Kayla Jones who can do a little bit of everything and is kind of like the Draymond Green of this team, except she can shoot. She can do a little bit of everything, and she does everything well at that level. You've got a backup for Alyssa like Camille Hobby. To me, that says something. You got a three and D player like Kai Crutchfield. You've got freshmen like Asia James coming off the bench. This team is one that is set up in a way that they are. I don't believe that they're they're just going to knock on the door this year. I think they're going to bust that thing down. To me, anything less than a Final Four for this team is a disappointment. I don't care how to draw yeah. goals or who they run into. This team is that good because remember now. When they lost to uh, South Carolina in the second game, what was it, the second or third game of the season? That it was their season opener. Oh, it was their season opener. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was their season opener against South Carolina. In that game, Diamond Johnson did way too much. She pressed way too hard. You could tell she wasn't comfortable. Diamond Johnson was a 50-40-90 player last year. In that game, she went 2 of 12 from the field, 0 of 6 from deep. Did not get to the free throw line one time. Four total points on 12 shots. Ever since then, she has returned to her 50-40-90 status. Or I don't know if she's back there, but I know she's close. I know she's much closer 
to that than she has been to two of 12, uh, 0 of 6 from deep. So that's just, that's something to be said there. Yeah, she's uh, she's shooting 46% from deep, 49% from the field, 80% from the free throw line. So she's much closer to what she actually has been in the past or what she was her freshman year than what she was in that first game. Uh, thank you so very much, Nitty, for coming out, man. I appreciate it every single time. Tell the folks where they can find your work. You can find all my work at thewilsontimes.com. You can find me on Twitter at A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. Again, thank you all, Wolfpack Nation, for coming out. I appreciate you all every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Also, don't fight any UCLA fans if y'all see them, okay? You weren't the ones who lost the $3.2 million, all right? I, listen, I know I said I'd be outside Chip Kelly room, but y'all don't got to do that. Y'all don't got to do that if you see them in public, okay? Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go back. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.